Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book in just everyday language will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Quiet time. Often people ask me how much time I spend in the presence of God every morning. Well, the answer is as much time as I possibly can. The reason is quite simple. It is because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and it is not an effort for me to get out of my bed in the morning and to spend time with Him simply because I love Him so much. Spending time with God should never be a huge discipline. I remember when I fell in love with my wife, Jill. In those days, we didn't have much money. We would go to the park, buy an ice cream, and sit down on a bench. We would eat our ice cream and just talk about lots of different things. Sometimes we didn't even talk. We just stared into each other's eyes. You know what it's like when you fall in love. We didn't have to be told that we needed to spend time together. I could never wait to see Jill. She stayed in town, I on the farm, and the only time that I could actually meet her would be on the weekend or on a Wednesday night. My whole week would be geared towards that special time. I had it all planned out. I would be in my Sunday best, groomed and ready to meet her. I'd make sure my car was washed and dust-free. I'd ensure my hair was cut or looking smart because I wanted to impress her. It was never a burden for me to spend time with a lady who I loved so much. I might add, as I get older, it's even more desirable for me to be with her. The more I leave her, the harder it is. Because the road that I am walking now, the route that God has chosen for me, means that we don't see each other as often as we did when I was farming full-time. Jill does not travel with me often, and this work that I am doing, although I live for it and love telling people about Jesus, can be quite demanding, to say the least. So when we are at home together, we don't have to have entertainment. We don't have to go on holiday with five or ten other families. Just my wife and myself is quite sufficient. Likewise with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have met Him as your personal Lord and Savior, and that love relationship is developed, it is actually not a problem and no burden at all to get up in the morning before the busy day starts and just spend time with Him. I do it gladly. I cannot face the day without first spending time with the Master. Sometimes 
It is extremely hot, especially if I am in a country with a different time frame. It sometimes seems like the middle of the night, and yet it might be midday. It is rather disorientating. I preach at different times, but still I am determined to meet with the Lord in a personal way. Obviously, I meet with Him all the time. He is in my conversation constantly, the one who I tell people about, and yet there has to be that intimate one-on-one -on -one time. It is like spending time with your husband or your wife when you are with them and having a social gathering. It's wonderful. Your spouse is with you, but there has to be a time when it is just the two of you. That intimacy is so important for a successful marriage, and so it is in our walk with the Lord. If there is no intimacy, no special relationship, then it will not last. People always talk about getting to know the Bible, but I would like to suggest that you get to know the author first. Then the Bible becomes a reality. You see, you can go to Israel, and it is a wonderful place, but if you have never met the man from Galilee personally, if you don't have an intimate relationship with him, it is just another historical place. It is like going to Rome to see the Colosseum or going to Egypt to see the pyramids. A wonderful experience, but that's where it ends. Now, when you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, one becomes extremely emotional when you go to Israel. Because when you walk up the Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows, you can imagine your best friend carrying that cross and suffering because of the sin of the world. When you go to Gethsemane and you see how he sweated drops of blood for you and me, then it becomes very moving. And I want to tell you that every time I come back from Israel, and I've been there a number of times now, I am never refreshed. No, I am always exhausted emotionally and spiritually because it has become such a reality to me. My life is enriched and the Bible becomes so much more real. If you have to get out of bed because your pastor or your father or your brother or your husband says you must, then I want to say to you that you need to challenge yourself. You need to ask yourself, do I really know Jesus Christ? I have never been told by anybody since the day that I was born again that I need to get up and have my quiet time. No matter whether I am on a Christian camp, on an agricultural tour, or just at the farm, I get up because I want to hear from the Lord. Hearing from God. What does that actually entail? What does it mean? How do you hear from Him? How does He speak to you? How do you get direction from Him? Well, I can only tell you how it is for me. 
Obviously, I have learned from the spiritual fathers that have gone before us. And this is how it works with me. I start off first and foremost by reading my Bible. And I read it in the first person. In other words, if we take Psalm 23 as an example, the Lord is my shepherd. The way I read it is, the Lord is Angus's shepherd. Angus shall not want. And then it becomes very personal and real to me. Secondly, I read the Bible systematically. I do not believe in just opening up the Bible at any place and putting your finger on a verse and hoping for the best. To me, that is like Russian roulette, and you can get badly injured by doing this. I read the Bible systematically every single day. I have a notebook, and everything that God tells me through that scripture, I write down. For example, I start in the book of Psalms, the Old Testament, and then I'll start in the New Testament in the Gospel of John because it's nice and easy reading and very encouraging. I will read a portion every day. Some days I will read a chapter. Some days it might be 10 verses. I will read it maybe more than once and then write down in my quiet time book, normally a diary, what the Lord has said to me that day. Because I am a slow learner, and when I write something down, I remember it. Because I am doing about 11 programs a week for television at the moment, people often ask me, how do you get so many messages to preach? Well, it's quite simple. I get the messages straight from the throne room of grace, fresh out of the oven, like a fresh loaf of bread. As God speaks the word to me, I relate it to the people, and that is why it works, because it has nothing to do with me. God often speaks to me through the scripture verses that I write down. I might be seeking him for a specific answer, and I would just continue to read my Bible methodically. The Lord might speak to me not once, not twice, but as many times as I desire to confirm what it is that he wants to say to me. There is no luck involved. It is actually very simple. Just listen to the word of the Lord. In the Father's presence, Jesus was continually found up the mountain. Often the disciples would come and ask, Lord, where have you been? People are waiting for you. He would never rush his time with his father because he knew that without his father's input, he would have nothing to say. When we have these huge men's conferences, I am possibly the loneliest man there because I don't spend time socializing. I spend time in the booth hearing from God so that I can relate a message that is relevant and of importance for these men to take home with them. The social part comes after the conference 
when I go and visit those men on a one-on-one basis. The Lord Jesus Christ is jealous for your company and mine. He does not want to share us with everybody else. Often I will take time in the morning and maybe not even say anything but wait and get my spirit into tune with the Lord. It's no good rushing in and rushing out. I don't believe God will speak to us under such circumstances. I want to ask you, as you read this book, would you be prepared to share your heart with someone who you knew was just dying to get going, saying, hurry up, hurry up. What is it that you want to know? I know what you would say. The same thing that I would. Don't worry. We'll talk about it some other time. God has taught me that when somebody comes to speak to me out of the crowd, I have to give that person my full attention. And sometimes people are offended by that. They think that they are more important than the person I am speaking with, who might happen to be a street sweeper, an usher, a car guard, or whatever. I am prepared to give him or her my full attention because they have asked me. And the other person who might even be a CEO of a large organization must wait until I am finished. People are very important to me as you and I are important to the Lord. So don't try and divide your time with God. Take that mug of coffee or tea and go into your office, your little quiet room, or wherever it is that you will be undisturbed. Quietly drink your coffee or your tea and just wait and listen to God. Listen to some music if need be. Quieten your spirit. Open your heart and God will speak to you through the scriptures. I have never had the privilege of hearing God speak to me audibly, but I want to tell you that He speaks to me through the Scriptures, sometimes more audibly than anybody else. He also speaks to me through nature. I am a jogger and I like to run. I am slow, but I like to go for an early morning run. Sometimes I use a headlight And while I am running, I will open my heart to God. God will start to speak to my heart and minister to me and refresh my soul. This is especially important when I am away from home because I am a person who gets extremely homesick. My quiet time is even more precious because it comforts my soul until I get back to my wife and family. Once I have completed reading the New Testament and the Old Testament and have written down in my diary what God impressed upon me, I normally use a daily reading book or devotional. I get a scripture and godly encouragement from some well-renowned author. I write that down as well and then I start to pray. As a new believer, I was taught a simple method of praying in a constructive manner using the acronym ACTS, a path to prayer. 
A brother of mine wrote down the word Acts in the margin, and next to the A, he put adoration. And this is the time to adore the Lord in the morning, to give Him thanks for a new day. Praise Him that you are alive, that your family is alive, and that it is a beautiful new morning. There are so many things to praise Him for. The promise that He will never leave us nor forsake us. The fact that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you have finished that time of adoration, then you go to see confession. This is the time to repent before the Lord, to ask God to forgive you for the way you messed up the day before. Maybe you lost your temper with your family unintentionally. Maybe it's something that you've neglected to do. Maybe you have offended the Lord in some area. Ask forgiveness and the Lord will forgive you. He says in the first book of John, chapter 1 and verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. After confession comes the letter T for thanksgiving. We should thank God that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It doesn't matter how hard we work. It's not about that. It's about His grace, His undeserved loving kindness that gives us the opportunity to call ourselves His children. We can thank Him for our family and loved ones, for new opportunities in life. There are so many things to be grateful for. When you finish Thanksgiving, the next letter is S which stands for supplication. Pray for your loved ones. Often in a meeting, people will come and say, what can I do for you? My answer is always, please pray for me. I don't want anything else. I don't want your money, but I want your prayer. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Booth. 